You're Mason? How do you do? What are you doing up there? I'm losing my grip. Samantha, he can't be over 15. I can if you let me live. What are you doing in college? Majoring in abnormal psychology, minoring in kinetic physics. Well, what are you doing in college? I'm being humiliated by my father. Hey, Samantha, you come back here. How could you do this to me? So, Mason, how are your grades? <laughs> Hi, welcome back to AO OA, the Who's the Boss podcast. I'm Tori. I'm Kevin. And we didn't discuss that at all. I'm I know, sorry. that's why I was like, I looked over and I didn't know what's happening. And <laughs> I then just you did, did it. Because I, re- I realized we didn't have a clip this yeah. time and I, I just went for it. Usually okay. you'd, you haven't done it in a while. It's no, fine. yeah, it's, it's good. good. Yeah. yeah. We are here to rewatch and discuss. Every single episode of Who's the Boss? We got a voicemail. Hi, Tori and Kevin. This is Liz. I follow you on Instagram as LizCarper1. I was calling um, because I wanted to actually make some comments about Frankie and Tony are lovers. Um, I wanted to just make some comments about the psychiatrist and just how she is doing talk therapy, which is something that we don't see anymore as psychiatrists who do that. Um, And also wanted to make comment as much as I really appreciated her therapy style and I liked her directness with Angela and I think she needed to hear a lot of the things she had to say. The fact that she was standing and pacing was just so uncomfortable. It's something that you never see now, certainly. Um, But I also just wanted to remark about Judith Light's acting in this episode. I thought that she was incredible, and I thought it was the best job that she does this entire series. So thanks again. Uh, Hope you have a great day. Thank you, Liz Carper. I hope that you have a great day, too. I so appreciate that email. And I've chatted with her a little bit on Instagram so that I, I know she works in this field. And I thought it was interesting also that the psychiatrist would be talking to Angela. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they used to do talk therapy. Um, because what in my 20s, I saw a therapist and a psychiatrist when I first started having um, anxiety issues. And I remember... I would go see the psychiatrist and he would just be like, how's the medicine? Okay, good. And then I'd go see the therapist. Like he never mm-hmm. talked to me. And I've never had a therapist get up and walk around either. So I didn't even catch that in the episode, but I guess. But again, it's like, you know, a sitcom. Right, it's TV. <laughs> I know. They always make everything like, I, I never have gotten more angry than when I watch a woman on a sitcom giving birth. Even women in movies, most of the time giving birth, I get very angry. I know. It's, it's so not right. Um, but great. So thank you so much for that message. Yeah, it was good. And I agree with her. The her um, slide oh, acting was. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So I realized after we recorded this last one that I did not give enough kudos to Judith's performance in this. Um, it is not my favorite of the series. I will point out my favorite of the series when we get there, but it is your great. favorite of the season. You mean? No, she was saying that's her favorite performance of Judith for the whole se- series. I think. Oh, she said. okay. And I do have one other one that um, I just love Judith's performance in, but this was excellent, and I didn't give her enough um, accolades last time, and I kind of meant to. Um, okay. So, what are we doing here? 
Who are we? What's going on? <laughs> what day of the week is it? I don't even know. Okay. So today we are covering season four, episode two. The title is Big Girl on Campus. It first aired September 29th, 1987. And the TV Guide summary says, Samantha's date is a college freshman, and Tony is determined to rescue her from the clutches of higher education. Oh, this is already setting up. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't read that one before. I almost read it before we started, and I was like, no, I should wait until we do it. Now this, um, yeah. Do you want to hear the internet movie database Oh, of course, one? yes. There's always a few of them, but I have to read the first one. Samantha lies to her father in order to go out with a college guy. <laughs> When she realizes that the guy, Mason, is a major geek, Tony finds out the truth on Sam's whereabouts and makes a scene. He later tries to apologize by bringing Mason back home. What is happening? (laughs) Who is writing these? I don't know, but they're all very direct. I wonder if they're user... They are. That one's anonymous. Oh, okay. So users are... Okay, I got it. Yeah, because she knows he's a geek before she even gets there, like... She goes, she's just using him. Oh, yeah, they get worse. The next one starts off, Tony gets Sam's dumbest friend, Julia, to betray her. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it starts. It's like, not nice. <laughs> oh, my God. And not really an accurate representation of what the episode is about, but okay. So this one is written by a man named Robert Walden. This is the only episode of Who's the Boss that he will write. And the interesting thing about him is that he was mostly an actor. Mm. So he's most well-known for playing Fran Drescher's father in Happily Divorced, which was a TV series that Fran Drescher did between 2011 and 2013. Oh, okay. I've actually never seen it, but I believe it is based on her real-life situation with her ex-husband. So she and her husband met each other when they were 15, they got married young, they were married for years, and then he came out. And so they are still very good friends in each other's lives, but they are no longer married and he's with someone else. Hmm. So, and she's been with other people too after that. Um, but so I believe they created this show together called Happily Divorced, which is that same situation. Um, and so Robert Walden played her father in that. Ah. But he has three writing credits on IMDb. And one is for Who's the Boss, and the other two are... Wait for it. The Twilight Zone in 1988, one oh. episode. And then two episodes of the TV show Brothers. Brothers. I don't remember that one. Me either, but it's really interesting. Right. And then he has a couple of directing credits, too. A jack-of-all-trades, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, really. He's very into the business. Well, that's good. Yeah, so um, I thought that was interesting. And... I kind of, I like this episode more than I normally like the episodes that are written by people who have only written one episode. Yeah, it fits, um, well, I wouldn't say it fits in, I don't know what I mean. Yeah, it just kind of flows. It works, right, it works. I feel like it flows. A lot of times those are kind of out in left field somewhere. Yeah, sometimes they just feel a little off, and I kind of do feel like this one flows pretty nicely. Okay, so when this episode starts, um, I guess we're to believe it's Sunday morning. Because Tony and Angela are sitting on the couch, um, or, well, he's sitting in a chair, sitting in the living room, and he's reading the Sunday comics. Now, there is that's something that just a child doesn't experience anymore. No. And I know Tony isn't a child here, but, but like, I used to love the Sunday comics. I know, me too. There's only a f- few that I liked. Which ones were they? Um, 
I don't know. I put you on the spot. So. Yeah, you did. Like Garfield? I don't know. I'd never liked Garfield. I liked the the lady. The like, oh, shoot. I Blondie? won't remember her name. No. She was like, I don't want to say the dumpy lady, but like that was like kind oh, of her yes. whole thing. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. Kathy. Yes. I liked that one. Um, I liked the one about the dad who always was taking naps. Was that Family Circus? Yeah, uh, I think so, yes. Family Circus, yes. Okay, I liked that one. So did I. That was good. And I don't know that I remember any other ones. I remember, um, oh my gosh. Well, Peanuts, didn't they have one? Yeah, yeah, they Uh, were always there. And then I remember the other fun thing to do was to get Silly Putty. Right, and jam it on the... And jam it on one of the squares, and then the picture would come off on your Silly Putty. Yeah. So our kids do have Silly Putty, but we were never able to show them that because we don't have comics anymore. They don't have newspapers. And plus, they don't care. (laughs) Right, it would last about a minute. (laughs) So Angela's reading the rest of the paper, and Tony's reading the comics. And she says something to the effect of, why do I even read the paper? It's all terrible news. And she mentions Acid Rain was one Mm. of them. Yeah, I guess that was big. Um, oh, it's, why doesn't it say what she says here? Acid rain. What was it? Central America was another one. And then something else. But um, I don't know. The, for some reason, the closed captioning doesn't have it. And so it's just funny because it's like you can have the same exact. Government scandal. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep that one then. So yeah. you could have this exact same reaction to reading headlines off of your phone these days. Yeah, true. To what Angela's having, but just put in different things. <laughs> so it's like COVID-19. Right. Government scandal still works. Still that can work. And like bad water in Flint, Michigan. Like yeah. all of it still works. Is acid rain, did we still worry about acid rain or have we just gotten so used to acid rain that we don't notice it? Or yeah, does it I not guess we're okay. I think we're okay with it now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many other things to worry about that acid rain has gone down on the list of priorities. So Tony's like, you think that's bad? Mr. Dithers is about to fire Dagwood. And then Angela's like, Mr. Dithers is still alive? He has to be 100 years old. So I looked up Dagwood, mm-hmm. and it started in 1930. Wow. Yeah. So if Mr. Dithers was old in 1930, then he was going to be old. But comic, they never age. The Peanuts are all still kids. Yeah. It's been 100 years. Exactly. The Simpsons. Um, so Tony makes a joke that he doesn't even have a wrinkle. So Angela gets up. She's like, I'm going to get some more coffee. Would you like some? And he's like, oh, I'll get it. And she's like, no, no, it's your day off. I wouldn't want to interrupt your mindless pursuits. No, Tony's got a day off. Yeah, so do you think Tony only gets Sundays off? I guess so. I don't know. He works six days a week? I'm guessing he does. That's a terrible life. <laughs> so she she goes into the kitchen. And she's kind of she's pretty flirty with him on the way into the kitchen, by the way. I just happened to notice. Um, so he's like, oh, all right, well, I'm. it's my day off. I'm going to make myself comfortable. So he now sits on the couch and puts his feet up. And continues to read the comics. And then he says that Brenda Starr, she's a looker. Yeah. And we've had a Brenda Starr reference on this show once before. I believe Mona said it. And we looked it up. And she was like a journalist or a private investigator. Or yeah, some I sort think of a private investigator. Detective, yeah. yeah. So now the doorbell rings and he goes to get up. And then Samantha says, I'll get it. She comes running down the stairs. She is dressed in the preppiest, preppiest outfit I've ever seen. And I probably wanted this outfit so bad when I saw this episode. Oh, yeah, I bet. 
So it's like a long green plaid skirt, a little cream colored sweater, pearl accents, and her hair's up. She's wearing penny loafers and yellow socks, I think I saw. <laughs> yellow socks. So at the door is Bonnie and Julia. So this is Shayna Lane Block back as Bonnie and Angela Lee Sloan as Julia. Mm. So we've lost Marcy and Robin. We will never see them again. That's it. They're yeah. gone. <laughs> yes. And it's only a matter of time before we lose Julia. Um, oh, so, is that right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think Julia makes I think only Bonnie makes it to the end. Um, so they're looking at her outfit, and they're like, oh, very preppy, super cute. They're excited about something. So Samantha's like, you should know what... Uh, she's like, it better be cute, because you should see what it cost me. And then her dad looks over, and she's like, oh, practically nothing. Yeah. Um, so they want they want more details about what's happening this afternoon, but she doesn't want to talk about it in front of her dad. So he's asking, like, what's what's going on? And she's like, oh, no, Biggie, I'm just going to the library. And he's like, but all decked out like that? And she says, oh, there's the dog. Okay. Hang on. Okay, we're back. Uh, so he uh, he says, all decked out like that, and she says, well, it's a study date. And he's like, with who, Calvin Klein? Oh, God, such a corny joke. I know, it really is. Calvin Klein. (laughs) So she says, I'm a freshman now. I'm very busy. I have to combine activities. So Hmm. she's going to go on a date, and it's a study date. Oh, I see. So she's studying and going on a date. That's combining the activities. Right. All right. So he says, oh, well, good. Then you can smile while you take out the garbage. Hmm. (laughs) So she goes back over to her friends, and Bonnie says, you have to take out the garbage? (laughs) Our housekeeper does that. Yeah, but it's his day off. (laughs) And then they look over. Well, okay, so this is something that I wanted to talk about before. I've always... So he... We see examples of Tony having Samantha do things around the house. She helps him with the dishes. She takes out the garbage. She does things around the house. I would have loved to have seen an episode, especially when Jonathan was younger and kind of a brat at times, Uh where that was a conflict because Jonathan probably wouldn't have had to do chores around the house. And I thought that would have been something interesting to explore. Mm. Like... You know, because she's the housekeeper's daughter, and because Tony just wants to raise her with her doing some stuff around the house, you know, he, he would have had to go to Angela and be like, can I give this kid some grit and give him some chores? <laughs> like, right. We know Jonathan's collecting allowance, but for what? So I would like to think that Jonathan also does chores. We just never see it because Tony stepped in. Okay, <laughs> back to this episode now. <laughs> um, so... Tony says, who is this young scholar anyway? And Samantha, he starts like asking her more questions. And she's like, hey, can we not, can we, can you not like question me in front of my friends? So they walk into the kitchen. And Bonnie says, why can't parents just give you money and leave you alone? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Awful. But you know, our kids think that. And I think we probably thought that too. I know. You're right. Um, so when they get into the kitchen, Angela it took Angela a very long time for Tony to get his coffee. She's still pouring it. That's so a good I point. Did she have to make it? 
<laughs> she must have made Maybe it. she did have to make more coffee. Um, and Mona's been sitting in the kitchen this whole time no, by just, herself. <laughs> no, doing nothing. Yeah. She didn't want to hang out there with them. Uh, so Samantha's like, do you have to you know, interrogate me in front of my friends. And he's like, no, I can do it anywhere. So now they're in the kitchen and Mona and Angela don't know what's going on, but they want to hear it. And they've decided that they're on Samantha's side, no matter what. Of course. (laughs) Um, And well, and it's cute because at first Angela wants to leave, but Samantha's actually like, no, please stay because I need all the help I can get. Right. Against Tony. So Samantha says to her dad, like, I don't know if you realize this or not, but... I'm growing up. And he says, I have noticed that. And can you please stop? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he wants to know, like, who is this guy? And she's like, you know, I don't... Why He wants to know why he hasn't met him. They apparently have some sort of deal where he meets who she goes out with before she goes out with him. Ah. Yeah. And she's like, well... He's not someone you know because I don't really know him that well either. And Tony says, well, how can you go out with someone you barely know? But isn't that why you go out with someone? Right, that's called a date. Yeah, to get to know them. (laughs) Exactly. And Mona's like, well, and Angela stops her from talking. She's like, we don't want to hear what Mo's next words are. And Catherine Hellman does the cutest thing here. After Angela grabs her shoulders, she kind of looks up at Angela and smiles and Angela gives nothing back. She's still got a scowl on her face. That's funny. <laughs> um, so he says, you know, before you go out with them, I get to meet them. And uh, Samantha asks for him to loosen up. And Mona says, yeah, Dad, chill out. And Angela says, well, I think what sh- Mother and Samantha are trying to say is that, you know, every young girl needs a little privacy. So what is the big deal if you know where she's going to be who she's going to be with, and when she's going to be home. And Samantha says, Mason, library, 530. Ah. So Tony's like, oh, all right. And they're all excited. Everyone cheers Samantha on. So she goes back out into the living room, and Tony starts groaning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I love how Angela says, Tony, you're groaning again. I know, again. Right. <laughs> How much has this happened? No, like this has happened before. They've had to have a talk about it, and you're groaning again. <laughs> now, out in the living room, Samantha has just let the girls in on the fact that she's actually going out with someone who's in college, and they're all very excited about this. But she tells them to shh, and then Bonnie's like, "Well, does your dad know?" And Samantha says, "Bonnie, my father treats me as an adult." I don't have to tell him everything. But meanwhile, you just dragged him out of the living room right. because he was interrogating you in front of your friends. Right. <laughs> but they're, they're like, oh, wow. They're kind of impressed with that. So they asked Sam how she met this college guy. And she says that she met him in the bookstore. And then Julia says, what were you doing in a bookstore? Right, like completely confused. I know. I don't like that joke. And I don't think I realized when I was young how shallow... They made Samantha until this rewatch. Mm. And it's going to be interesting because I feel like with this, well, I mean, I don't remember how this show ended really either. I don't think Samantha was like she is here because she's 14, 15 here. So, um, you know, she's really into clothes and boys at this point. But it's going to be interesting because I feel like Samantha is going to be quite a headstrong (laughs) uh, woman if they want to do the show that 
she wants to do, Alyssa Milano wants to do. So um, she says that she was just in the bookstore so she could get change to use the phone. Uh, of course. And Bonnie says, does he know you're in high school? And she's like, yeah, he does, but he doesn't care because I'm 15 or I'm almost 15 mm. and girls are more mature than boys. So really we're older anyway. <clears throat> she's probably right about that. That is very true. Yes. Boys your own age when you're 14 are complete idiots. Yeah. But boys any older than 14 are dangerous. I know. <laughs> and I, I mean that not in like, I mean, I'm sure some are very, really dangerous, but um, I mean that in a joking way. Uh, so she's like, you know, basically it's like I'm not even in high school, even though I am. And Julie is very confused about that. She's like, well, are we going to see you at school tomorrow or not? So they're like, okay, just walk me to the bus. I know. (laughs) Julia and her crimped hair. So she's like, come on, girls, walk me to the bus. So they get ready to leave, and Tony comes out. And he's like, okay, bye, have fun. Oh, hang on, Julia. I needed to give you your mother grandma's eggplant parmesan recipe. Like, when did he discuss that with... Julia or Julia's mother. I guess they have probably he probably ran into exact yes, he probably ran and heard the PTA meeting and at some point she brought up grandma's eggplant parmesan. But this is now the second or third time it's been referenced on this show. Because in Raging Housekeeper, that's the recipe he wants to give to Yeah. I remember um, that. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, the boxer. Type type typing teacher, yeah. Um, so she's like, okay, well, Samantha, Samantha says, I got to go. And Julia's like, all right, just go ahead without me and I'll catch up to you guys later. So now Tony has Julia alone and he knows that she's the weakest link here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so Julia, I mean, Sam's got a real hot date, huh? And she's like, oh yeah, really hot. And so he's trying to get information out of her. How hot is he? And she's like, well, he's... And then she's like, oh, no, you're, wait a minute, I know what you're doing. So he's like, all right, you're too smart for me then. Let me just go find that recipe. So he's pretending to, like, dig around in cabinets and drawers. Right. <laughs> and to look then, for a recipe that probably doesn't exist. Right. And then, he, well, we know it does exist. No, I mean, yeah. Right, right. On paper. Right. That he, Yeah. He's not going to give that out probably anyway. Although, no, he does give it out. So I love here he says, not for nothing, which is such a Tony line. It is. Don't you want to check this guy out? And that just must be... So I was on the phone with my dad earlier in the week, and I'm pretty sure... I mean, I'm positive. My dad actually said not for nothing, and it made me think. (laughs) So (laughs) is that an Italian thing or a Brooklyn thing? Because we're both, so I don't know. Um, So she says, well, I can't go down there because you need an ID. And Tony's mm. like, you don't need an ID to go to the library. She says, sometimes you do. And he's like, really? I mean, why? And she's like, well, because it's in a college. Mm. So now he's got all the information he needs. And she realizes that she's been tricked. And she says, I'm dog meat. <laughs> I don't remember that being a popular, like, I'm in trouble kind of yeah, I don't remember saying back then. But maybe because I was a little too young. Because they say it twice in this episode. Right. Well, and yeah, and it's it goes well with each other or whatever. Right. It, 
But or the people who wrote this episode didn't know what kids were saying then, and then so they just, just no guessed one me. That. I know, but you would think Alyssa Milano would be like, maybe we should use this instead. But I don't know. Maybe said people said dog me. So now we're at the library, and this is a pretty elaborate set. Like it even has one of those little ladders that rolls. Yeah, and like tons of books. Like it always just amazes me when they have sets like this. Like. Did they borrow this from another show or did they really build all this stuff just for one episode? So they're at the library on their study date. Samantha has brought nothing with her (laughs) to study. She has a purse and that is it. So Mason's showing her around the library and we meet Mason. Now this actor is Adam Carl. He doesn't act anymore. He's producing... Um, it looks like the last thing he acted in was in 2016. Yeah, I'm looking at that. Midnighters? But he was in a lot of stuff in the 80s. Uh, Family Ties, Benson, Cheers, Newhart. Yeah, wow. Yeah, lots of shows. The Facts of Life, Tracy Ullman Show. Then he also... Oh, Charles in Charge. He also was on Life Goes On, and Mm. as an adult, I believe he did some voice work for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also. Oh, he was in an episode of King of Queens. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so then he must have been pretty much, he must have been older there. I know, I I don't remember the episode. Um, Also, he's going to be in a total of three episodes of Who's the Boss. This is not the last time we're going to see Mason. I remember thinking that Mason was super cute. And I don't know if it's just because I was younger than Samantha, but like I don't think I realized that he was supposed to be super. I mean, he kind of was nerdy, but in like the cute Doogie Hauser sort of way. Right, right. So he tells her, I reserved us a table in the corner so that we can have quiet. And Samantha's like, you know what? I really, I can't concentrate if it's too quiet. So let's stay out here where all the action is. Because she just wants to scope out what's happening in a college library. So Mason sits down. He's got a bunch of books with him. (laughs) And he's, so he's on this study date, but something's going to happen that it makes me think that he totally forgot about another appointment today. So he asks her, how do you like the library? She's like, oh, it's really nice. Where do the cheerleaders sit? And he says, the cheerleaders don't come here. Why don't the cheerleaders go to the college library? I don't know. Is that like a dumb joke? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. But I mean, I feel like he's not trying to make a joke, but he says the football players go there and he says they have, they come here to see him because they have an agreement, which is that he tutors them and then they let him use their weight room. Oh, and I he, see. And then he's like, but I'm sure you could tell that <laughs> with his little <laughs> tiny arms. <laughs> But I am glad that they didn't go for the easy joke here, which would have been that they don't beat me up, which is where I thought they were going to go before he said that they use the weight room. They let him use the weight room. So he says he's going to go get some periodicals so that he can study. And he gets up and she says, will you please go get me a copy of Vogue? Now, Mason's pretty enamored with Samantha, you can tell. And Samantha's just looking around at anything else she could look at besides Mason. So in walks one of the football players who his name is Skeeter. Skeeter. And you know it's Skeeter because it says it on his shirt and his headband. I know. The headband's a nice <laughs> touch. Now this actor 
is, let me see, his, find his name again, Todd Jeffries. And we've seen him before. Yeah. Because he was the minister in custody part two when Michael and Heather get married. So it's so interesting that he played that part and then this and part. I came back to play Skeeter. <laughs> I know. So Samantha also recognizes him and says, Skeeter? Skeeter Barnes? And he's like, oh, how did you recognize me out of uniform? Meanwhile, <laughs> says it. Forgot. Um, right. And she says, I read about you in the newspaper. Right. Never mind. Yeah, it says Skeeter on his shirt. Right. Yeah. She's just trying to not make him feel dumb. So he says, where's... Where's um, Mason? He's supposed to tutor me in marriage and family. So I think Mason completely forgot that he already had a study date with Skeeter because he's going to get his periodicals on whatever, whatever he was going to find. <laughs> so Samantha starts talking to Skeeter. He sits down and he's, I don't know, he's telling her about how they, he had some play and they didn't put it in the newspaper and blah, blah, blah. But she doesn't care. She's just excited to be talking to him because she can't wait to tell all of her friends that she was talking to Skeeter Barnes in the college library. And he gets out like a notebook to draw a play up for her. So right now... He's, he's pretty famous, that Skeeter. Yes, he is. Yeah. College famous for sure. He's in, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's in, probably big man on campus. That's right. Which is the play on words for this title episode. So... Now, in walks Tony in the college library, and he walks up to the reception desk, and the guy behind it asks him, are you a student here? Now, they never say this guy's name, but there is someone listed on IMDb as Steve Smithers. Mm -hmm. So do you think this is supposed to be Steve Smithers? Um, I don't see a little plate that says Steve Smithers, but let's just say it's this guy. Because <laughs> he's the only guy. other guy who has lines in this episode that would have a credit on IMDb. So Tony says, I'm looking for a girl. She's really pretty with a bright smile. And the guy said, or Steve Smithers says, that narrows it down to about 50% of the girls on campus. Tony says, all right, well then just picture me in a dress and smaller. <laughs> oh, younger. Yeah, picture me in a dress, but younger and smaller. And he says, oh, her. And he points to the room. <laughs> so do you think he's really just humoring him and pointing to that room? Or did he recognize Samantha? From <laughs> I think he's just humoring him. But then this is the strangest part of this whole exchange here. He's calls Tony back and he says, you really do have a beautiful smile. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, when I first thought, I was like, what is going on I know. Here? So like now I kind of think Steve's hitting on Tony. I think like, so too. I'm very confused. And Tony says, thank you. I use a whitener and a brightener. I know. I like that Tony just goes with it. Right. <laughs> so he goes in and he pushes. So now Mason is on a ladder that is going up so that he can reach a high shelf. As Tony comes into the library room, he pushes the shelf out of his way, <laughs> and Mason goes sliding, and he's like, hey, hey, there's the somebody ladder. up here. What did I say? Shelf. Sorry. The ladder goes sliding. Um, and he's like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I'm looking for my daughter. She's on a study date with some guy, and when I find him, I'm going to kill him, or I'm going to wring his, his neck. neck. Yeah. Um, and so and Mason, puts Mason into a panic. <laughs> Mason says, what does your daughter look like? And Tony points to Samantha and says, her. And he's like, oh, God. So he tries to go higher up on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> now, Skeeter and Samantha are talking. He's showing him, he's showing her some play or whatever. And... 
Tony says, you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And Samantha realizes that her dad is standing in the middle of the library. Yep. And she's like, how did you know? And then she says, Julia is dog meat. Yep, there's dog meat again. Yep. So Tony calls Skeeter a cradle robber, and he says, do you realize that this girl is only in high school? And Skeeter's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Tony calls him Mason. So Skeeter gets up, and he's like, listen, you're messing up my story about this play, and I ain't Mason. So Tony looks down at his shirt and says, Skeeter. <laughs> and Skeeter says, word gets around. Yeah, he's and very... And then it sits <laughs> Skeeter thinks he's all famous. Meanwhile, he's just forgotten that he's wearing a shirt that says Skeeter on it and a headband. So Samantha's like, what are you doing here? Like, I've been trying... That's what I've been trying to tell you, that this isn't Mason. And Tony's like, okay, well, then who is Mason? If he's not Mason, I'm not, no one's leaving here and I'm not going anywhere until we find Mason. So where is he? And everyone points to little tiny Mason up on the ladder. (laughs) And then it's like he's trying to escape at that point. (laughs) Like, where's he going? So he says, what are you doing up there on that ladder? And Tony goes over and he says, losing my grip. And then he falls into Tony's arm. So now Tony is carrying Mason like a baby. And he says to Samantha, this kid couldn't be over 15. And Mason says, I can if you let me live. (laughs) You know, it's just funny. I know. I really like this guest actor. And I feel like he's probably one of the best, um, like, guy actors that we've had so far on the show playing against Samantha. Like Chad McCann was fine, but I really like this kid's personality. Todd was kind of whatever. Yeah, I and agree. Bobby, even though I love Peter Billingsley, Bobby was a little rough at the time because he was so young. Um, so he says, Tony says to him, what are you doing in college? And he says, I'm majoring in abnormal psychology and minoring in something else. (laughs) And then he says to Samantha, well, what are you doing in college? And she says, I'm being humiliated by my father. So she goes to leave and he said, Tony's like, get back here. And she says, how could you do this to me? And then she walks out and slams the door, slams the door of the library. You can hear it. Yeah. Uh, And so then Tony looks at Mason and he's like, so Mason, how are your grades? Okay, so do you think that you would chase one of your kids to the library if you knew? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so. Like, I think I'd be pretty pissed when they got home that I, but it was still like an afternoon date. I don't know. I guess, but I feel like. Every season we get an episode like this where Tony does something to embarrass right. Sam. And it's kind of, it's this old school kind of thinking also that's a bit sexist about like he has to protect her because she's his daughter. Meanwhile, he's helping Jonathan go out on a date with another little girl. Right, you know? same thing. <laughs> where like instead of just, and Samantha shouldn't, I mean, Mason isn't technically in college, but she wasn't upfront with him. And if she was dating somebody that was in college, then that probably would be an issue. But I don't know that he needed to go there and yank her out of. Right. I mean, I would. I wouldn't have done it. But our kids aren't dating yet, so maybe we just don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, but I can't imagine I'm gonna drive around town like a (laughs) crazy person (laughs) trying to break into the CSUN College Library. (laughs) Okay, so now looking for Skeeter at home. We cut to Jonathan. 
making a house of cards. Yeah, on very the crucial table. to the plot. I know. Again, they don't know what to do with Jonathan. So here he is making a house of cards. Yeah, and it makes me sad, and it only gets worse. Like, I'm, and I tried to even think, like, what would have been a way to incorporate him into this story? And I don't really know that there. The hard thing is that, like, Samantha's interesting because she's a teenage girl now, you know. So there are things that they can do with her. But Jonathan's still in that younger stage where it's unless the episode really revolves around him, there's not much for him to do. Yeah, that's true. And he doesn't get very many episodes that revolve around him. So he's trying to build this house of cards and he's like, grandma, once I do this one more level and it'll be the highest one I've ever built. And he asks Mona, do you think I can do it, grandma? And she says, no way. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I know. And then Angela says, mother, that is a horrible way to talk to a child. Yeah. And Mona says, are you getting a double chin? I know. Insults just keep coming. I know. Funny sitcom character, horrible human being. (laughs) Now, the sweatsuit that um, Angela's wearing here, I believe she was wearing in Raging Housekeeper in the montage, because I think this is the one I said if you tie-dyed it, our kids would want it. Mm. And then I kind of feel like Mona's outfit is the same little safari outfit when she went, maybe not. I thought it was when she went camping, but maybe not. So Tony comes in. And he's all, hi. And Jonathan says, don't slam the door, because he's got his little house of cards. And nobody wants to talk to him. They're all, like, sitting there kind of angry. And Mona says, oh, look, it's the spy who came in from the library. (laughs) Yeah, didn't we look that up? I did look this up. And the title was The Spy Who Came In From The Cold... I believe it was a movie from the 60s. I don't have it pulled up anymore. Shoot. But it was about a spy who was like investigating during the Cold War. (laughs) No one is going to get fun. (laughs) No one watching this show today who is our age or younger is going to understand that. going to get that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a weird one. And then Mona says, if you weren't the cook, I would send you to your room with no dinner. But we learned that today is Tony's day off. So Mona, you got to go figure out your own dinner because he gets to spend the rest of his day being pissed off at his daughter. He does not have to work today. What the heck was that? I I was putting my hand down. I hit the table. I thought we had an earthquake. Okay. So Tony's like, of course you're taking her side on this. She probably, she came home and she blew it all out of proportion. What did she tell you? And Angela says, she says that you stormed into the library, that you embarrassed her in front of everyone, that you yelled at a star football player, you pulled an innocent boy off a ladder, and you called her a kid in front of everyone. Mm. And Tony's like, no way. That kid fell off that ladder. I didn't pull him. <laughs> so Angela's like, oh, yes, that makes it much different. And he says, the, a college library is no place for a 14-year-old. And then Mona says, almost 15. And then Tony says, I don't care if she's 16. Which I guess, I mean, I do agree with that. Right. College right. library is no... No place no, for her She had no school. place for her to be there. Yeah, reason for her to be there. Um... And Tony's like, you know, she just wasn't honest with me. Uh, If she would have just talked to me, I'm a very open-minded parent. And Mona's like, huh. And then she gets up and she goes into the kitchen. And as she goes into the kitchen, Jonathan's like, don't cause a draft with the door. Because he's still working on his little house of cards. house of cards. (laughs) Um, 
And Tony says to Angela, you know, the, the crazy thing here is that if she would have just told me, I like this kid, Mason. He's innocent. He's awkward. He's yeah. shy. Yeah. He's everything I'm looking for in a guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Angela's like, well, isn't this the bitter irony? He's your type. He's Sam's type. And Tony's like, really? You think he's Sam's type? And she's like, of course. She came home. All the signs are there. She had a new skin. New sweater, new skirt, the little pearls. Yeah, rare she was to go. brokenhearted when she came back here. She's hurting. And Tony says, oh. And Angela says, the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> and this whole little exchange is very odd to me, but silly. And, and Tony says, Angela, things are bad enough without you quoting Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, what? What? no, no your, your findings. Oh well, yeah. That this um, the song is um, was done by Rod Stewart, but the original is a uh, P.P. Arnold. Oh no, I thought it was Cat Stevens. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a song written by Cat Stevens, but performed by oh okay, performed P. by P. P. Arnold. Because it was Cat from- Stevens did do it too. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We so yeah, P.P. Arnold did it, but it was written by Cat. Originally written by Cat Stevens. Several people have done it over the years. Okay. Yes, I for me. Cheryl Crow's version is what comes to my head. First. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. she did it too. Yep. Um. So and then t- continues and then Tony on. Says the corny yeah, song. References. I broke her heart. I'm gonna have to mend it. And Angela says, "How can you mend a broken heart?" And there's the Bee Gees reference. Yes, and that is the Bee Gees reference. <laughs> and I think that's the second time this that song's been referenced on this show. I think you're right because I'm pretty sure that's the song that's playing in Jonathan kills Tony when Jonathan's camping outside. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right. Then, yeah, so Tony's like, okay, now the Bee Gees. Right. And she says, oh, no, he he says, what is this? Name that tune. And she says, I'm sorry. I'll let it be. (laughs) Yeah. Beatles. So that is a Beatles reference. Okay. But also, she they mentioned Name That Tune, which people probably wouldn't have gotten that reference, except that it's been rebooted. So maybe more people would get that reference yeah, now. Yeah, I get it. Well, yes, but we're old. I'm saying right. like people younger than... <laughs> <laughs> like, no one younger than us would have known what Supermarket Sweep was, except for the new Supermarket Sweep came out, right. and now our kids are obsessed with it. Right. Um, okay. now, and they finally brought back Name That Tune, which I have right. been... Hoping they would do for years, although not 100% crazy about the format of it. Yeah, but. we watched one episode, and it was kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It's just it's a live band, and I, don't, I didn't like it. It's so. harder, yeah, it's harder to guess a song when a live band is doing it than when you're hearing the actual The original song. version. I mean, I can name yeah. songs by one note just by hearing. Right. And if somebody was performing, that would, wouldn't be as easy, for sure. Um, and who was the lady that was hosting it? Jane Krakowski, Jane right? Krakowski, yeah, 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 right, right. Okay. And it's uh, um, Randy, Randy Jackson. Jackson is yes. the main music person in it. But if you haven't music seen person. Supermarket Sweep, I highly recommend that's great. That one. Supermarket Leslie Sweep's great. Jones Fun for the whole family. Kids such a diverse, it. a diverse um, group of contestants. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, just so much fun. A lot of fun. Okay. Anyway, back to the show that we're yep, doing sorry. here. Yeah. So that was a Beatles reference. Now Tony's getting ready to leave. Angela says, "Where are you going?" And he, Tony says, "It's not too late. I'm going to go find Mason and get those kids back together." And as he's leaving, he's singing, "How can you mend a broken heart?" <laughs> and Jonathan's <laughs> like, um, "Don't slam the door." 
And Tony doesn't even hear him, and he does. No, he's the door. <laughs> singing out the door. The door slams. Yeah. The but, house of cards is safe. Yes, but the house of cards doesn't fall down. And if you look at this shot of Jonathan with the house of cards right after he slams the door, there's a card missing from the side of the house. And then, oh, is that right? When they when he says don't slam the door, there's a card missing. Then when they show Jonathan again, and the house hasn't fallen down. The wall, the little piece of the wall is back again. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because this is all going down now. So Jonathan realizes that the door slam didn't knock down his house of cards and he's done it. So he's like, Grandma, I did it. I did it. And he jumps up (laughs) knocks over over the entire house of cards. I know. And what's awesome about this scene is Judith Light's character, which uh, Angela rather, is is very... um, her reaction is funny. Like she, it's almost. It's exactly what a parent reaction would be. I know. She's like, like kind of laughing, but like, right. oh God. I know because she feels terrible because they don't show it. There are major tears that happen after. Like if this was a real kid, they probably wouldn't have talked him down until Tony got back with me. Oh, you're probably right. <laughs> you know, like, but it, that's, it is a great parent reaction because it is that, oh my God, and then you're trying so hard not to laugh because you know they're going <laughs> to cry, but it's the funniest thing you've seen in a while. And I did, I wondered if that was Angela or if Judith was laughing for some reason. I know, that's what I I'm going to choose to believe that that's Angela and that Judith Light rocked that. Okay, so Mona comes in and she's like, yes, Jonathan? And Jonathan's about to cry. <laughs> so now it's later that night. And Samantha comes down the stairs. Tony's still not back. And Angela's sitting on the couch because she's probably just finally finished consoling Jonathan. <laughs> <Most> <laughs> and now cards. she's sat down House on the cards. couch and is like, f*** my life. I'm just going to say, oh, oh, I said the F word. That's the first time I've said it, I think. I know. Nice. All right, I'll bleep it later. <laughs> and Samantha comes downstairs and she asks, is my dad still gone? And Angela says yes. And then she invites Samantha to come sit down next to her on the couch. And I love any time that Samantha and Angela are going to have a talk. So Samantha says, I've got major father problems. And Angela's like, I know the feeling. And Samantha's like, you do? Because I thought it was your mom that's the problem. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Samantha's probably like, God, you both your parents were idiots? I'm so sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and Angela's like, that. yeah, that too. That yeah. But she says, Angela tells Samantha's story that when she was about her age, her father was very overprotective of her. And when she had her first high school dance, he didn't trust her date. So he volunteered to be a chaperone. And and Samantha says, oh, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) Okay, let's pause here. (laughs) Let's, yep, hang on. Okay, yeah. Does this story sound familiar? Oh, it does. Because it is a storyline of a season one episode when Samantha goes on her first middle school date and Tony chaperones. Yeah. Now Angela says, no, what was embarrassing was that my f- when we were all doing the frug and my father started a conga line. Okay, well, here Samantha should not have nearly said, just as embar- Not nearly as embarrassing as what Tony did. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah? Well, my dad made out with my teacher. With my teacher. In front of everyone. The curtains open, and there they were. Did they just not forget? See, these are the times when when they do have continuity that fits. I'm so surprised, because how did no one remember that they pretty much did this storyline 
on I know, Samantha. They probably didn't. It was three seasons ago. It I was, know. That's the thing. Yeah, we're in the just, fourth they, season now. They're not... They pump these things out, you know, 24, 26 episodes a season. Yep. And people at home are watching it week by week by week. Right. So, so they that had they happened even, They didn't see that ago. episode yeah. two months ago, exactly. like we did, or three months exactly. ago. They, yeah, you're right. Or even years. worse, if someone just sits down and binges this and gets high, they could have seen it 36 hours Why ago. Why like, <laughs> I'm just imagining what other people do <laughs> whose lives are fun. Okay. So- and, uh, Samantha's like, you actually did the fruit? And Angela's like, that's not actually the part of the story that you were supposed to focus on, but okay. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what the fruit is, and I didn't look it up. But The frug. Uh, how is it spelled? F-R-U-G. I'll keep going. You look it up. All right. I, I'm curious. I, I should have looked that up, too. So Angela says the point of the story is that sometimes dads do crazy things because they're having a really hard time letting their little girls grow up. And she's asking Samantha to please be patient with him. You know, you got to give him some room to grow. He's never had a 14-year-old daughter before. So again, Samantha says, almost 15. And then she tells Angela, you're making it really hard to stay mad at him. And that's exactly what Angela's trying to do. She's like, you know, he just loves you so much, just like my father loved me. So this is a really sweet, I love these little moments between Angela and Samantha. And I think I've, I'm on this rewatch, I'm realizing that there may be more of them than I thought there were. That you remember. That I remember, yeah. yeah. Um, so then Angela says, well, I have something else to tell you that's going to make it even harder for you to stay mad at him. Do you know where he is right now? And Samantha gets excited. Is he at the mall buying me a new outfit? <laughs> yeah, not so fast. <laughs> yeah. And Angela says, no, no, it's better. He went to go find Mason so that you two can get back together. And Samantha's like, oh, no. And Angela's like, what's wrong? Like, why aren't you happy about that? And Samantha says, Mason's shy, awkward, and innocent. Not anything that I'm looking for a guy. Everything I'm not looking for in a guy. And Angela says, oh, dear. But right then, the front door opens, and Tony comes in. Hang on, let's pause. Did you find what what the frug is? It just says the the frug was a dance craze in the mid-1960s, which included vigorous dance to pop music. I mean... Oh, and it said it evolved from the chicken. The chicken, which featured... Okay, all of that finds sounds terrible. I know. Can you look up a video? And I try to. And it? Oh, okay. okay Never yeah, mind. Then everyone do that at home. No, just <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to go look like that up later. Because what I'm picturing I'll... my head seems even worse than what it could possibly be. Yeah, let's see if this is a this. I guess that's the frug. These people are just wailing. Okay, yeah, that looks like, okay, that looks similar like to what the B-52s would have done yeah. in, like, Love Shack or something. Right. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, that's your frug. Oh, wow. Picture Angela doing that It's just like throwing your arms around and your hips. It's almost like the Carlton a little bit there. Yeah. That guy was... Or almost like the Elaine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Elaine dance from Seinfeld. Okay, so Tony comes in and he says, guess what, Samantha? And she's like, you couldn't find him? And he says, no, and he brings in Mason. Yep. So he says, your, ge- your boy genius and mine, Mason Peterson. 
Peters, Mason Peters. Yeah, Tony likes him now. He does. After drive, after kidnapping him and driving him back to the house. Right. He likes him. <laughs> Mason says, hey, babe. And then Tony says, I taught him that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so He's I went, so proud of himself, too. <laughs> but now, when you get in there, Mason, you got to call her babe. I know. It's going to make her feel good about herself. <laughs> Terrible advice. <laughs> So now Tony is on a one-syllable name basis with Mason. So he's calling him Mace. Mace. And Samantha's like, Dad, can I please speak to you for a moment? So he leaves Mason and Angela in the living room, and he and Samantha go into the kitchen. (laughs) So Angela's standing there with him, and she's like, so, Mace. So, Mace. (laughs) And she's like, what are you, you know, what are you... Uh, Oh, she says, she asked him about college and she says, that must really prepare you for life's little setbacks because she knows he's about to get dumped. Uh, And he says, not really, not when you're as vulnerable as I am. I don't know why I like this kid so much. And I think maybe because he kind of also looks like a young Rob Morrow to me. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I see that. And I loved Rob Morrow on Northern Exposure. Yeah, I totally see that. I would love to see some cameos of these old Samantha boyfriends come back in the reboot, if there is, in fact, a reboot. Not, like, to be a major love interest, but I just think it would be cute to see, like, Bobby as an adult and see Mason again, and she's going to have another serious boyfriend coming up soon named Jesse. So I just think it would be fun to see, like, those characters as grown-ups. Oh, yeah. I mean... The likelihood, though, that she would know them. No, but they may still live in the area. You know what I mean? Or whatever the premise is, like she's coming back to the area. Right. Or like they have a kid that's also. Yeah, yes. I don't know if she's going to be moving back into this house from somewhere else or what, or if this is even happening. But um, nothing, no news. But Peter Billingsley is um, very nice looking as a grown up. And so is Adam Carl. I found him on Instagram. Oh, okay. He's also very. So, I mean, not that they have to be nice looking, but I mean, I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> they still have faces for television. So let's bring them on. Okay. Um, so Angela does not know what to talk to Mason about. So it's kind of awkward. And in the kitchen, Samantha's like, Dad, what are you doing? And Tony's like, you know, I realized I went crazy. I made a minor scene. <laughs> a minor scene. And this is just my way of saying I'm sorry. And Samantha's like, no, you blew it because I don't like Mason. And now Tony's really confused. You don't? And she's like, no, not not in that way. And then he's like, well, then what were you doing with him at the library? And she admits that she just wanted to see what the college scene was like. Yeah, she got in through Mason. Yep. And Tony's like, the college scene, you just got to high school. Like, stop with the, what is the rush? And Samantha's like, Dad, you don't understand. And he says, yes, I do understand. You want to feel grown up. And he's like, when I was a kid, I wanted to feel grown up too. And (laughs) Samantha says, Dad, please, not another when I was a kid story. (laughs) When I was a kid. And then Tony says, what, Angela told you about the conga line? (laughs) 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 Which makes me laugh because... That just means that Tony has also heard this story. (laughs) So I just picture one of the times that they're hanging out on the couch. He's rubbing her feet. She's telling him about how her dad did the conga Conga line line. when she was a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. So he says, you know, being a kid is a special time and you don't want to rush it. You really do want to enjoy it because 
then next thing you know, you're going to be telling your own kid when I was a kid stories. Goddamn, <laughs> not a not a more truthful line has been spoken on yeah, television. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. You spend your whole childhood wanting to be older, and then you're old, and you just wish you could be younger again. I know. Just the way it is. And Samantha says, never. I'll just smack them around. It'll be a lot kinder. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's see if that's true if we see Samantha in the reboot. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, yeah. I doubt, I doubt that that's going to happen in the She's going to be smacking kids around. Right. <laughs> So Tony's like, speaking of kindness, there's a shy and awkward kid out there who thinks that you really like him. So mm. you need to go out there and tell him. You need to address you know, the situation. Right, here. why you did this. So her her um, solution for this is for him to tell Mason that she can't date a college guy. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And... She's like, well, then I'll tell him I can't date a college guy. And he's like, no, if you want to be a grown-up, then you need to go out there and you need to deal with this in a grown-up way and tell him the truth. So we're kind of, this is another little parallel of when he sent her out during her slumber party to tell everyone that she lied about um, Angela being her mom or Tony being an ad executive. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that episode. So in the living room... (laughs) Angela and Mason are talking, and Mason's saying, even though Pavlov is given most of the credit, you really have to give it to Harlow and his monkeys. So what he is referring to are, one, Pavlov's experiment, which is that um, a series of... There were these dogs, and they would always Mm -hmm. start salivating when they saw one of the scientists, and it was because... They knew that that was the one that would feed them. Oh. And so it's kind of this thing, sort of like Ronan ringing the bell. Like he rings the bell and he knows that we open the door. So that's why he goes back and rings the bell. Gotcha. And then there was another scientist named Harlow who did experiments on monkeys that were actually pretty terrible and wouldn't be done today. But he studied, there were some major breakthroughs in human behavior because he took these monkeys away from their mothers and would only let them have a robot and... So and then he studied like how they were affected by that. So honestly, I'm not really sure how those two relate to each other, right? Or if they just had Mason like throw out different scientists and experiments here. <laughs> but that's what those two are referring to. I mean, I guess they both kind of showed um, phys- physiological behavior in humans or animals, but true, whatever. So Angela's like, "Wow, that is amazing!" And I never really saw that side of it before. So Samantha comes out and she's like, Angela, would you mind? A- yes, no problem. <laughs> and Angela gets up. She can't get out of there fast enough. <laughs> but she tells Mason that she's really looking forward to reading his thesis. And then she leaves. His thesis. <laughs> so as she, when she leaves, Mason's like, she's a lovely woman, but she didn't understand a word I was saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Samantha's... She's like, <laughs> yeah. I so- love that she's still rocking the yellow... Uh, Jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. The tracksuit. That's the thing about this episode is the whole entire thing takes place in one day. Yeah. And we don't often get those. I, I know. Think. Everybody's kind of wearing the same thing. Yeah. No one had to change clothes. This was probably Tony Danza's favorite episode because right, Judith Light didn't have to clothes. get her hair and clothes done again. <laughs> um, so Samantha sits down with Mason and she explains like, oh, first he thinks that she's still into him. 
And he thinks that she's going to tell him that she's into him. And he's like, you don't have to say it. I'm crazy about you too. And then he kind of reaches for her hand. Embarrassing. And then she takes her hand away. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, your dad's right there. Okay, I got it. Right. So (laughs) then she's like, no, there's a misunderstanding. Like, I only went out with you because I wanted to get into the college library. I did this for the wrong reasons. And so he's like, I'm getting dumped. And she's like, you're a genius. You don't want to hang out with someone who doesn't even have a high school diploma yet. (laughs) And he's like, yes, I'm getting dumped. So she apologizes and she's, you know, she's like, I didn't want, I didn't mean to hurt you. And he's like, well, I am hurt. He's super cute in this scene. Yeah. And she's like, is there anything I can do to make you feel better? And he's like, well, actually, um, you could come with me to my homecoming dance. And he's like, it would be great to walk in there with a babe like you on my Mm, arm. That's very nice. And Samantha's like, but then you'd be using me. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm all right with that. (laughs) And then she says, okay. Right. (laughs) This is a win-win. He gets to bring her to the homecoming dance. And she gets to go to the college homecoming dance. So she's like, sure, if my dad will let me. So they call Tony and Angela back in. And Tony's like, how's it going? And she's like, it's great. I'm going to the homecoming dance with Mason if you'll let me. (laughs) And so Angela and Tony figure that she hasn't let Mason down easy yet. And he's like, no, no, no. She dumped me, Mr. Maselli. But she did it with such panache. (laughs) Panache. And and again, Tony says, she got that from me. Yeah, of course he did. (laughs) You think, is Tony just dumping women with panache all over town? I guess so, yeah. He's the king of panache. Yeah. So he's in two more episodes, you said? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd be curious to see what he... I remember one of them. I, don't, I just don't remember him at all. And I can't remember the other one. Um, yeah, he ends up like having to spend the night at the house one time mm. or something for some reason. But I can't remember what the other episode is. So Samantha asks, can we go to the homecoming dance and not have a chaperone? <laughs> yes. And he says, how about parental transportation to and from? And Angela's like, that's the best deal you're going to get. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So she takes it, and Tony hugs her, and then he pulls Mason in for the hug, and he's rubbing his forehead <laughs> all over Mason's forehead. Like, if Tony could have married Samantha off to this guy right now, he would have He would have. Yeah, he likes, yeah this, he likes him some this Mason. Is dream, <laughs> this is dream he's guy. smart. <laughs> yeah. And then Angela says, oh, isn't this nice? It's friends, father, daughter, me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. This is so dorky. (laughs) Okay, so the tag of this episode, we see this shot of the empty living room. And again, you can tell it's all shot in the same day because... The newspapers that they were looking at earlier oh, yeah, is still, still there. Up. And it's Tony's day off, so who's cleaning that up? Exactly, Nobody. but Jonathan must have cleaned up his card, house of cards. Yeah, that's a good point. Or, no, no cards Yeah, there. or somebody did because he was crying so much. So you can't see any of the cast, but you can hear Samantha say, this is so embarrassing. And Jonathan say, please don't make us. <laughs> and Tony say, I thought you hated this. And An- and Angela says, okay, everybody. And the door opens and they're doing the conga line to the <laughs> living room. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, cute little ending. Very cute. Okay. Because you wonder what, you're, you're just wondering what's going to happen. 
Right. Like, what are they doing in there? And of course, Angela's leading the conga line. Right. (laughs) Because if there would be anyone that would start a conga line and embarrass the entire family at a party, it would probably be Angela. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, hey, guess what? I don't know who did rating last. Um, rating. I'll, 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 I can do rating. Okay. You sure. Um, you know what? what? Um, I will do rating, but I you remember did it, you did it I first did do it last time, time okay. because I remember you were shocked by my. I was, I was absolutely floored <laughs> by your very high rating. I know I did give it a high rating. You did. Um, I gave this one a seven. Nice. I thought it was a pretty solid episode. Yeah. I like Mason a lot in it. I like his little, little character. Mm-hmm. I like Skeeter. Skeeter, <laughs> Skeeter was Barnes. Yeah, because he's funny, but also like. You know, he's a big, doofy football player, but then he had to put Tony in his place. Right. Like, I'm not who you're looking for, buddy. Yep. Um, uh, you know, it was a good episode. I mean, it's Tony being goofy, and I feel like, like I, I said it earlier, we've we've seen this before in Tony where he does something huge to really embarrass right. Samantha, and I feel like it's every season there's one episode like yes. that. Yes, yes. I wonder what it'll be next. Yeah, it doesn't get better. I remember there are other ones. Yeah, and so, and then he's got to do something to try to, fi- try to fix it, and then he doesn't because he goes and gets Mason, which she doesn't right. want to see him. I don't know. But um, but overall, it was, a good, it was a good episode. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, I didn't think it was, like we discussed earlier, I didn't think it was filler. Right, yeah, no. It kind of rolls in, you know, Mm -hmm. goes with the stories that are going on. I also gave it a seven. Oh, look at that. Yeah, for a lot of the same reasons. I, um, you know, the storyline's kind of a sexist view of father-daughter relationships, but it's the 80s. true. And I don't know, still, our kids aren't dating yet, so I don't know how I would feel at that point. Um, But I really like the Samantha and Angela part. Right. Yes, I didn't mention that. They could have used Jonathan a little more, but poor guy. Wow, <laughs> cigars. He's in the conga line. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he did make it to the conga line. Yeah, at least he didn't leave a third of the way through this episode. But overall, it was entertaining, and I love Mason. I loved Mason when I was a kid. I still think he's adorable. So, yes. And is he in the next, like, two episodes, or has he come later? No, hang on. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I wait. Because... It is not, I think he is in this season for sure. Let me see what his next one's going to be. Yeah, I couldn't, I didn't know if it's the next few. Okay, the next episode he's going to be in is Three Teens and a Tony. And I do believe that is this season, but then I think the next episode he's in is Teacher's Pet, and that isn't until season five. And he's Mason in every episode. He is Mason in every episode, yeah. I do not remember him in Teacher's Pet, except that might be when Tony goes to college and Mason might be at the college. Oh, maybe. Um, But um, the other quick thing I did notice is other opens playing right now. Oh, that right. That the open had the extended open on this episode. It did, where he's yes. driving through the woods. <laughs> it did. He doesn't go all the way through the full neighborhood downtown area, but he does go through no, the woods this a is, bit. No, but this is, we haven't seen, usually no. the van pulls away and then it pulls up in front of the house and the guy yeah. on the bike rides by. But this one, um, and I feel like it was this second episode of season four. I don't think season four. No, the first episode of season four did not. It went, right. it was the short one. They must have had a pretty full episode. Maybe right, this one now they've been playing these time. ones where he's driving the van through the woods. Yeah. Aimlessly. 
You got to use those shots. I mean, I know. Somebody, nice. somebody shot all that. The leaves look really nice. Who is the boss around here? Me or my mother? Or maybe it's you. I went with Samantha as the boss because, you know, she ended up doing the right thing. It, uh, Tony was just fly, uh, flying off the handle everywhere. <laughs> Um, Angela tried to help, but she actually had wrong information. Mona was just mean, and Jonathan Mona's, made a house of right. cards. So Mona's useless. <laughs> yeah. And so, Jonathan's even more useless. Sorry. Like, Samantha did the right thing in the end, and it's, she still got a good deal out of it because she gets to go to the homecoming dance. I know. So, yeah, I think she is the boss. Yeah. I'll have to agree with you 100%. Everybody else is a mess in this yeah. episode. <laughs> For the most part, um, I know I tried to like think for a little while that maybe it was Angela because she stood up for Samantha, especially when Tony came back. That is like, a good you did point. This and that, and so that part I was weighing. But I'm like, overall, Samantha handled everything right. You know, she got upset, but then you know everything was straightened out in the end right. and kind of worked out. Even though Tony messed up about three or four times in this episode. So I agree with you. I think it was Samantha as well. Somebody asked me recently if we are tallying all of these bosses so that when we are done with this show, we will know, and we are not. But now I think I might have to go make a spreadsheet. Because one, any reason I can do to make a spreadsheet, any reason I have to make a spreadsheet, I'm all about. So I think maybe I need to go back and make a spreadsheet, and then we can put in our... I'll just listen to the show. I'll just say it now. I think Angela will be in the lead. Yes. Um, and then we'll say who you said the boss was, who I said the boss was, our two ratings, and then we can average everything when we're done. Okay. That's, uh, I like that. That's yeah. good. I'll Maybe work. halfway through. Oh, yeah, like an update. Update halfway through. Yeah, okay. Well, then I better get working on this spreadsheet. I know. You know, this yeah. episode was a perfect opportunity for me to say that Skeeter was the boss. <laughs> Dang it. I should have taken advantage of that. <laughs> Skeeter kind of was the boss. I know, for, for a few minutes. Yeah, and even the way he was towering over Tony Danza. I know. Okay, so you can reach, reach us at the Who's the Boss podcast on Instagram, Who's the Boss pod one on Twitter, the Who's the Boss podcast page on Facebook, or go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast, and there you can leave us a voice message. And I just want to say that I've been getting a lot of lovely messages on Instagram lately for people who are even, um, I've had a couple people say that they just started watching the show and then they Googled who's the boss podcast and they found us. Like I know, it wasn't even through cool. Instagram. It wasn't even because somebody told them like they just found us and that's amazing. And, and thank well, you so much. Well, that's what you get when you're the only people doing the who's the boss podcast. <laughs> yes. We come up first. <laughs> Yes, like if you if you type in who's the boss, not so much. But once you put that word podcast, That's we are it. We are, we're there. We shine. That's our time to shine. So just thank you so much to anyone who has found us, and we really appreciate it. And I hope that you're enjoying this as much as we are. All right, next episode we are going to cover is called "There Goes the Bride." Do you remember this one? It's when mm. it's when it, it's when a friend of Tony we've never met before meets a cousin of Angela's we've never met before, <laughs> and then they get married. Yeah, vaguely. Okay. I think we watched this pretty yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, I think we probably, yes, I definitely did rewatch it um, within the last year or so, so that should be good. Okay, so that is next time. Thank you, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give a big thumbs up. 
and tell all your friends. And maybe you can tell your grandma, your mother, and your, your sister or brother. Maybe you have no siblings. Tell your dog and cats. Bye.